The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thank you. And Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, there's no news today, so that's the show, <laughs> folks. No, April Fool's. Just kidding. <laughs> it is April Fool's as we're recording this, and... I just want to take a few moments to talk about it. The tech industry is famous for its April Fool's jokes. It's uh, all the websites and games and apps and all this stuff. They, they like to roll out April Fool's jokes. Although this year is a little different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I might be in the minority, but I don't know if this is such a good thing that they're not doing the jokes like they've done in the past. Some people think it's in bad taste because it's a, you know, it's a very serious time, but frankly, I think we need more humor and more lightheartedness, not less, <laughs> to get us through. We've forgotten the old phrase, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's true. It I is... mean, when, you, when you're stressing, the best thing you could do is put on a silly Mel Brooks movie and just laugh your tail end off. Oh, yeah. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. There you go. Let me tell you a story from 2001. After 9-11... We had, you know, you remember we had weeks of just straight, serious, scary yeah. news, a uh, very sad, and then and, and that was all that was on TV. And when they finally started showing others, no, actually, I had a TiVo at the time. That's what it is. After a while, I just couldn't take it anymore, and I went and saw what do I get recorded on the TiVo? And I had old Simpsons episodes. I never laughed so hard at the Simpsons. Oh yeah, as I did oh, then. Wow. And it just felt so good to laugh at something. So. Uh, it is great to have a laugh. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I like I know there are articles talking about you, know, you shouldn't do pranks surrounding coronavirus. And I agree with that 100 percent. I think, mm. frankly, you know, you, you hear stories of people who've done stuff like that where they've, you know, pretended to cough on someone. And, oh, I've got it. Yeah, oh, they deserve to be not just locked in jail. They deserve to be buried under the jail for being stupid. <laughs> That's, um, That's terrorizing people. That's not, not smart. That is terrorizing people. But you know what? Like, I still la- chuckle about the. uh when Google Fiber was first rolling out, where Google did the you know the new toilet distribution method of Google Fiber, where you would basically flush the end of the fiber line and then would run down through the sewer lines to Google's <laughs> network. Jeez, that's great. Well, that's the sad thing is Google uh, sent out a, a notice to all its employees uh, last week. I think it was a, a memo saying, you know, uh, this year no jokes. We're being serious. Uh, we'll we'll be, be you know we understand. It shows our lighthearted uh, c- culture and et cetera, et cetera. But, and we'll, we'll be back next year with more jokes. But this year, we're going to put the kibosh on it, which, you know, it's uh, like we were saying, it, whether that's a good idea or not. I mean, I, I think some people might have, might be, might have been offended, uh, I suppose. But I, I, I think they would have been OK. I think everyone right now, Dom, is just they're, they're almost like two camps, you know, those who are really freaking out because they're not sure. And I think there are others who could probably use a good laugh. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's one of those balanced things. And I think anybody who wants the good laugh, I would go on Google and, and, and type in, par- you know, Corona parody or any kind of parody. You'll get a whole slew of them. Yes. Even some mm-hmm. I can't mention on this program, but <laughs> some which are really hysterical and make you laugh out loud. There's so I, yeah. Facebook has been really good with that as well. Uh, the best April Fool's jokes right now that are sort of Corona related that I've seen are the ones where the parents got the kids up early uh, on, mm. on April Fool's Day and told them that school is back. That's it's been announced oh. to, at the last minute that school is back in session. Get them all dressed and get them with the backpacks to the door and then go April Fool's. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that borderline mean? I don't no, know. But, because <laughs> while the kids are a little sad, after they're told April Fools and are assured that yes, there is no school, they're pretty happy afterwards. So I think that's what that oh, one's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean stuff like that's relatively harmless. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of good stuff, and I like I said, I'm kind of uh, one thing you, you you put here in your uh, in our, our show notes is about a uh, like Overwatch, but googly eyes on on all the characters. On people. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. All the all the characters in the Overwatch roleplay uh you know first person shooter game they all have googly eyes so they look ridiculous. Uh so that's pretty funny. Uh TweetDeck which is the Twitter client uh replaced the button where you, the the gif button GIF you mm-hmm. know for animated gifs replaced it with respelled it with as GIF JIF which is I just think In other words a, they spell the it the way butter. The way it's not supposed to be pronounced. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's GIF, not yes, GIF. The GIF GIF controversy. And they, they took, a, took a side. <laughs> so uh, April Fool is fun. Um, you, there may be an April Fool joke hanging around somewhere in SQPN. I'm not going to spoil it, but, uh, you know, if you're taking a look around oh. SQPN, you might see something uh, over there that would be fun uh, that, that, that you can enjoy. <laughs> Just take, go, go to SQPN.com and see if you can find something. Uh, let's let's move on then. I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on that because I don't want to I don't want to ruin it. Let's let you, the the listeners to this uh, go find it. Uh, let's talk about. Um, well, I have to say it's a tech. We're a tech podcast. We're going to be talking about working from home and remote working for a while now. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is probably going to be a regular thing we're going to talk about. And again, we're going to be talking about. We talked a lot last week about Zoom. We're talking about Zoom again, and there's a couple new things we need to really bring up. And one of the things is the, this Zoom bombing, it's called. Mm. This, this, mm. Is, this is where you're having a Zoom meeting or a class or you're just getting together with friends or family, and a stranger or somebody pops up. They can take over the screen, share their screen, or just show stuff on their, on their camera or yelling things or whatever uh, and, and run. And they do it, you know, uh, not anonymously, but they do it uh, with without any warning. You don't know that they're mm-hmm. there, and it's called Zoom bombing. It's it's juvenile. Right. It's it's dumb, but it's happening. And uh, even the FBI's even started warning people about it. Since so many people, millions of people are using Zoom now. Uh, so the and it really it's it's kind of Zoom's fault, isn't it? I mean they 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 have not done a good enough job in making their platform secure. Uh, so I I wanna I wanna defend Zoom just a little bit only okay. because they've been now I've I've known about Zoom for a while and in fact I had been on a couple of Zoom um, um, chats previously because I was looking for a job so I was on job mm-hmm. Zoom interviews actually yep and I think they were basically a business product that were used by educators businessmen that type of thing. And I don't think a lot of the yahoos that like to do that kind of stuff really bothered them. Now that they're mainstream, oh yeah, but Zoom probably didn't, you know, turn around and say, okay, we should probably make sure you know all about every little single thing you could turn on, click, and do. Now they have to play catch up. There's a couple of issues. Like there was, there is some basic security that they didn't do, which is that the people, they haven't really let people know until now that when you share a a meeting link, that is a public link. Anyone mm-hmm. can join the meeting if they have right, the right. link. Uh, so it really shouldn't be that easy. Other platforms don't do that. WebEx and uh, others. And it's, it's Zoom. I know they're trying to make it as easy as possible for for people to join, but maybe we've maybe aired a little too much on the easy. So just keep in mind that your your public meeting links are public. Your personal. You also have a personal meeting ID, which is like a phone number. Mm-hmm. You don't give that. That's like giving someone your phone number. They can just drop in on you right. anytime. You you should set up a password on that so that people have to you have to people have to have the password and your meeting ID in order to to connect with you. Uh, just to drop in, like like if if someone has your your personal meeting ID, people, someone can just drop in and it show up on your right. on your Zoom. Well, and the thing too is you can also set up. I as I understand, I've not used Zoom. At least I've not set up a Zoom meeting. I've talked on Zoom, but I've not set up a Zoom meeting. That you're even if you show up in the meeting, you still have to be given. You can be set up so that you have to be given approval to actually enter the meeting. Yeah, yeah. right. Like exactly. the, the organizer of the meeting can say, "I don't know this person. You're gone. I know this person. You can come in. You can share. You can't. You know." There's a waiting room basically that you can mm-hmm. set yeah. up. Yep, and that's not set up by default, which is one of the things. Uh, the, the the tools are there. They're just not set. They're not enabled by default. Like there's one where. Um, Anyone can share their screen. Anyone who's in the mm-hmm. meeting can share whatever's on their screen, and mm-hmm. including gross, disgusting, bad, horrible stuff, can share their yep. screen to everybody unless the host of the meeting goes into a setting and turns off uh, uh, screen sharing and right. requires them to be approved to be 
like so that they have to you know give that permission the permission is automatically there and that's people should know that so you go into you click on who can sh you, um, who can share and you confirm that the host is the only one who's enabled and then that way you have to enable people so this is some things like that i must i must be a nerd then because well, I no seriously well you yeah because I'm here <laughs> yeah. uh, but when I when I was learning it two weeks ago to you know really learning it the first thing I did was go through every single setting and find right. out what can I do what can I not do yeah and I clicked off you know scare, share the screen I clicked on waiting room you know I even yep. put on you know noise when somebody comes into the waiting room so I can know somebody's there right. so I guess that just must be me. I can understand people who just kind of take in. It's almost like driving a car without a license, you know, mm. so without <laughs> you know, driver training. Right. Yeah. Well, that's driver yeah. training. That's a good tip right there. And when you're going to be using a new platform or new software, new tool, go through all the preferences, look at everything, especially when it's something that's potentially a vector for a, a cybersecurity mm. intrusion. Well, and it's to be fair, I think for a lot of people, this hits so quickly. You know, they went, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of companies, there's a lot of companies out there that working from home before about a month ago was a rare and special privilege that only right. the, the elite 1% got. And this kind of hit all of a sudden now, no, everybody's working from home. How do we deal with this? Huh? Well, there's this tool called Zoom. <laughs> right. True. True. And I guess I, I guess I have to full disclosure, I've always worked at least a day or two from home mm -hmm. with all of my church jobs. And the only good thing now is now they understand at church, you can actually really get work done at home and well, actually be productive. We've talked about that a little bit so far, which is that uh, how all of these people working from home there after all this is over, the, I think a lot more people will be able to work from home. Uh, I don't know. No, I, I I, I could see some major companies going, okay, you've had your vacation at home where you've done all your work, but you are still on vacation at home. Now get back here and do real work. Right. There's, there's that. I, I have a feeling there's also going to be a, a subsection of, wow, we really decided that these are un, un, unessential jobs. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. And you know, that, that I could see that possibly happening too. So um, it's not, it's not all going to be necessarily upside, but, uh, but there'll be a little of that on all, all, all sides. Uh, speaking of um, Zoom, they, there's also news that they um, have announced that they're removing some controversial code that where they were sharing anonymized data with Facebook. So they, yeah, because that always works well to uh, share data with Facebook. Yeah. Oh, we didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just I feel like uh, there are other like Zoom is the big hot you know platform right now. Google Meet is a, probably a pretty good one to try out. WebEx, GoToMeeting, Skype. Um, I well, the funny that, part is Go Go to Meeting has been around forever. They were like the first real online yeah. meeting software back when you still called into it, and your person who was running the meeting was the only one online. It's mm -hmm. just not the cheapest, and that's probably a big difference yep. there. Yeah. So, um, but there are other platforms that are perhaps proven to be a little more secure. Don't just automatically go to the one that's everyone's using the name of it's be make, be making it a more a generic name for remote uh, connecting uh, find something exactly. that maybe that works better for you hangouts is still there too yeah hangouts is still still hanging around uh, no pun intended and uh, it, <laughs> it, in fact it, it's been on the, uh, the 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 list for google to cut it off at some point i'm thinking that with this they're going to hold off on a, a little while longer which i'm I, i'm glad to see because i like hangouts the funny part is they basically took hangouts and just rebadged it meet i mean yes i know yeah. they added features mm -hmm. to it but it's basically google hangouts with a few added, added toys yeah yeah I, and i have to learn you know look at google meet and see if that's a better tool for some of the things we do we're using skype right now uh we've always used skype for our shows pretty much and uh Microsoft has announced that they're get, getting seeing way more traffic, obviously, you think? on Skype. <laughs> yeah. So, and we're we're experiencing some of the effects of that. Although I have to say, I have to give them credit; it's been okay. Not yeah. knock on wood. Yeah, keep <laughs> yeah. doing that, Dom. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's been okay in the in the interim. I've had a few issues, but in general, Skype has been better than it was four years ago. I mean, I remember when we were oh, doing boy. these things four years ago. Skype was completely unreliable, but it's been come mm. a lot, a lot more reliable these days. Uh, yep. But they're seeing massive increases in traffic, as all these companies are. 
So, um, and then uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the implications for some companies, especially hardware companies and software companies, as they are dealing with working from home, their entire workforce. Uh, and one of the stories about Apple, that uh, Apple being famously secretive, doesn't mm-hmm. let people take stuff home. <laughs> and they're having to figure out how to how to deal with this, how to let people take stuff home and still maintain their secrecy. Yeah, I yeah, never thought of that. that. Yeah. I never thought of that when I read that article. I was like, oh, that's true. Yep. How can you do that? And then your whole family sees it and somebody goes, oh, what's this? Oh, nothing. Shut yeah, it away yeah. in a closet. That'd be awesome. Dad's an <laughs> Apple hardware engineer. Hey, Dad, what's over in your office? Nothing. Nothing's in my office. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to see here. I, I can see like Apple security shows up and does like evaluations of the security of your office. Do you have your know, in- locks on the inside of your doors so your family can't come in? Do you, you exactly. know, deadbolts? Do you have, you know. Yeah, you, 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 you don't just have to be in a COVID-19 quarantine. You have to be in Apple quarantine. <laughs> like, it's not because you have the disease, but because you have our hardware. You can't show it to anybody. You have to be in quarantine yeah. in your house. You, you, have to, you have to take a spare bedroom, cut a hole in the door so your family can pass you food <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> And and for those of you old enough, and you must have installed a cone of silence. The cone of yes. silence. That's right. <laughs> but the fun. I mean, but the funny, the serious thing is, is like there's issues like you know if like software developers they can work at home. You know they get the computers. Yep. They, they, they can do that. But things like ha- uh, prototyping machines, milling machines, three D mm. high end three D printers, uh, testing equipment. They do. They have these massive testing labs. The mm-hmm. the audio testing labs at Apple are incredible, like these huge anechoic chambers and just these incredible uh, uh, facilities they have that they just don't have access to at home. Um, and then the funny thing is, is they're because they're so locked down, they haven't traditionally let people use third party services like Box or Slack or WebEx. Mm-hmm. Um and and so they're trying to use FaceTime and iMessage for business use, and they're and they're running into the same thing we run into, which is they're not designed for business use. Right. <laughs> Guess what? It, they will be in another year or so. I'll bet you any money. I bet that, that that's coming. They're gonna. They're all learning the pain of that. And uh, yeah, I can I can see that coming. Um, one thing they I heard I heard they're doing is is that they're because they often have to you know send someone to China to check out the hardware on the on the production line. Well, they can't do that, obviously, right now because mm-hmm. of this. And so they're doing a lot of that work by fo- photo and and video uh, and that sort of stuff. So Yeah, and I, I wonder how that's going to affect them long term if, if they're going to reevaluate. And as many companies, I think, might with, with these kind mm-hmm. of issues, reevaluate overseas, whether oh, it's yeah. China or Vietnam or, you know, any, any place you can imagine. Right. You know, doing a lot of this work overseas that could be done here at the home country, United States, Canada, Europe, well, wherever. Do you remember the famously how Foxconn, that's the company that builds Apple hardware in China, Foxconn announced that they're going to, they were going to build a plant in Wisconsin, you know, mm-hmm. a billion dollar yeah. plant, which really hasn't gone anywhere. That's that they've, there's been some reporting on that, that really had, they, they promised, but not much has happened with that. My guess is after all this is over, there's going to be a big push to say, hey, by the way, remember that factory you promised? Let's get yeah. going on that. And we'll see a lot more of that. Well, um, and, and maybe companies that had previously done their own fabrication of one sort or another might start in-housing it again just yeah. because they'd have that control that if something like this happens again in the future, there's not the concern that there are right now. Because I know like yeah. uh, one one article you point to is that, you know, the, the 2020 iPhones won't be affected. but you know, 2021 edition and so on. Right. There's yeah. real issues that, because like you said, they can't get into these prototyping labs. They can't get into these testing labs where they've probably already prototyped the next year's versions of the phone, but they can't yep. play with them. They can't right. test them. They can't work on them. They can't improve the designs. They can't do all that work that has to be done. Uh, yeah. I mean that, yeah, the 2020 phone is probably mostly set. I mean, there's probably a lot of, you know, uh, uh, detail work that they're still doing in in software, but the hardware that that stuff is like and the design like the uh, exterior design and all that that's usually set pretty far in advance so they can know how much they got to jam in there. But exactly. Yeah, uh, although I have to say, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we got off this. We got to get a new phone every year train a little bit mm. from a consumerism 
spiritual detachment from it, material goods point of view, <laughs> maybe we'd be better off slowing down on some of that stuff. But I also think, too, we and I think a, a real slowing down I'd like to see is it may be nice to have um, an outlet in another country or a manufacturing arm in another country. But when all of your manufacturing arm is in another country. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is now showing us that that is really not a good idea. Right. That we should have the exactly. main body of it in your own country. And then if you want to have, you know, auxiliary ones in other places, we got to, a global economy is fine, but you got to take care of home first. Well, the, wherever your yeah. biggest uh, market is, that's, you've really got to, mm-hmm. you know, be serving that. Now, there are reasons why they do China, because a lot of the components are made over there. They're made cheaper over there. A we lot cheaper, you know, Our yeah. phones are already 1200 bucks yeah, in true. some cases. <laughs> you can imagine how much they would be if they were manufactured at, you know, under American regulation. But it's something to consider. It's that maybe, again, maybe we need to, to reconsider, do we need phones that would cost that much? And maybe we need to, maybe we need to reevaluate how we do the, uh, this. Well, sort of and I know. I know Wall Street and the investors would disagree, but it wouldn't be a bad thing if we went one year and all these companies, Apple and Google and LG and all these companies said, yeah, we really don't have that new products. We're going to refresh our products. Yeah. But it's like you're not going to get, you know, the the iPhone 2021 next year. You're just going to get the 2020.5. Right. Yeah, right. And, and, that, and that's fine. And I think I think it'll depend on how long this all lasts. If well, it part, lasts a while, then I yeah. think it's going to make people think differently. Part of the problem, what, what drives this is, well, there's two things. It's, it's like you mentioned, Father Corey, the stock market. They, there's a, they don't care about long-term health. They care about the next quarter. And right. what are the quarterly profits? And if the quarterly profits aren't going up, 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 record every yeah. quarter, the company is doomed, sell all the stock, the company is going to tank. And, yeah. and the tech journalist industry helps to feed that by by doing the same thing. Oh, this new iPhone, it's there's nothing new here. It's not interesting. It doesn't have any new whiz bang features. It's a failure. No one should buy any exactly. more iPhones. <laughs> that's it drives me crazy. Well that's the Android Android's really bad for that. You know, I, I love I love my Android phone and everything, but you you watch like all about Android on Twit Network. Every single host on that show, their regular hosts, I think the longest they have ever had a phone since they've been on that show is a month. Because they'll have a phone. Oh, the new Pixel 4 is wonderful. It's a great phone. Oh, but now here's the new Samsung S Galaxy S20. It's a wonderful phone. It's even better than the one before. Oh, now here's LG's version. Here's HTC's. It's like, pick a phone and use it. I understand testing phones, but... This was one of the things when we started this podcast, we talked about that what makes this podcast different from those sorts of podcasts is we're not tech journalists. We're not in the industry. We're not pundits. We don't have access no. to every new whiz-bang gadget out there. We're we're like you, the uh, the the person listening yeah. to this. You know, we have limited budgets. We're trying to make do with what we've got. We try to make our phone last longer. I mean, I I probably replace my phone more than the most people, but yeah. I think I'm like a lot of people. I, but I certainly don't get a new phone every month or every year, even. So mm. uh, it it it's a. I mean, there's a there's a value to hey, this person can review new stuff. That's good. But I think it can distort the viewpoint of the people mm-hmm. who are talking about the industry. Right. And uh, so you've you got to well, have mul- and, multiple And viewpoints. to be fair, we, we have been already seeing where the average time now, is, as I recall, the average time of a person owning a cell phone is three years now. Yeah. That's what I did. You know, I had my original Pixel, uh, Google Pixel, for three years, and now I've got the Pixel 4 XL, um, and I'll probably get three years off this phone. Right. I know, yeah, yeah. And, and I bought... I bought an eight plus two years ago and just got an 11 now. So I go about two to three years myself, but, but my, my computer, my main workhorse, five and a half years old. Same here. Right. You know, my, my iPads are two and two and a half and one. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how all this that we're talking about where, you know, these phones, Mm -hmm. these new phones could be delayed if not just outright not released next year. How is it going to play into that? And it, I think it's going to be a shock for companies if, you know, again, Apple comes out and says, well, we aren't going to have a big iPhone event in 2021 because we really don't have any big iPhones to promote this year. And everybody's go, well, that's disappointing, but good because I can't afford to buy one right now. <laughs> right, right, because the economy is going to be the dumper. <laughs> I think more people will appreciate that because Apple makes a good, 
good product that does last. Oh, yeah. We just, we just never get a chance to see that because everybody wants the latest and greatest. But right. the yeah. product lasts. The products do last. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that all turns out. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about Zoom and about uh, how the, 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 the shutdown is affecting companies. And so we'll, we'll keep covering that. But there is actual... Uh, non-virus related news as Yay. well. Yay. Uh, I want to talk about uh, some inf- news that Microsoft's come out with. So uh, you may be an Office 365 user. I am. Yep. I have Office th- my Office 365 uh, family plan that I get. It's uh, it's It's got uh, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, which I never use. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, some other, some other stuff that I also don't use, but, uh, but it's, it gives you access to live in the on, you know, the one drive and that sort of stuff. Um, well, they're rebranding it from Microsoft, from office 365 to Microsoft 365, which is, I think kind of a big deal because the office name has been around a long time. Well, it has. I mean, I, I remember using like office version two or version three, I think it was back in, you know, 94, 95. And that was, yep. That was like one of the first versions of where they took Word, Excel, and PowerPoint and packaged them into one thing. And it was very loosely packaged. It was basically you yeah. just got these three tools in one pack. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Office, the Office name has been around for 25 plus years. And the great thing is, is there's no change in price. The price is staying the same. It's just going to change name. So it's going to be, uh, if you get the personal, it's seven bucks a month for per person. Or it's ten bucks a month for up to six people, which is great mm-hmm. for a family. I, I like that it, it acknowledged that you could maybe have six people in a family, uh, yeah. or you, you could also do you know seventy bucks or a hundred bucks a year, so you get a couple free yeah. months uh, that way. But you get Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, Publisher, which I didn't, I don't think was in there before. It was maybe not. it is, but uh, it wasn't. But that uh, was that was in the professional because my my uh, version of Office three sixty five now Microsoft three sixty five is one of the professional ones the ones for business small business and it had publisher and lots of parishes lots of parishes do use publisher to do their bulletins which uh, is is not great but there you know you you use what you got (laughs) i when i designed a parish bulletin i used adobe indesign but i knew but i had to learn it and it was it was a a learning curve to get there but it was but but having publisher included is great Uh, microsoft access which is a database which is pretty good there are a lot of access databases skype of course which is free anyway but microsoft teams which is a uh so it's kind of like slack it's a team communication product which you know, families yep. could use like Slack. Slack's free, so uh, you know. It, but it's, if it's included, it's included, uh, and you get it to use it on Windows, Mac, iOS, Android. That's all included. You get yep. a terabyte of of OneDrive online storage per user. So that's six terabytes for a family of six. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. Um, and then they have a new thing called Microsoft Editor, which is they they say it's spell check on steroids. So um, it's a grammar checker, style checker, uses machine learning and AI. So I, I just hope it doesn't pop up with a little paperclip that says, hey, Skippy, I think you're using too many commas. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The dog again. <laughs> you're using the word like too much. Yeah, yes. Um, and then uh, it's, it's, it's going to be not – it used to be, sorry, it used to be just in Word, but now it's going to be uh, across the suite. So it'll be usable in mm. Excel, in Outlook, and that sort of stuff. Um, and, and even on the web, I guess, you can use it as a browser yep. extension, which is interesting. Um, and then in Excel, you'll get access to a, a money feature, which is like you know, Microsoft mm. Money. So it's a, a form of Microsoft Money that lets you do – uh, budgeting and, budgeting and finance and, tracking yeah. in Excel. And uh, I think that's most of what's in that. And then there's a new, a, a couple new products coming later this year in addition called uh, Microsoft Family Safety. So, hmm. uh, which is, it, it's kind of like, it, the way it looks like, it's kind of like Apple's screen time for iOS. So okay. So parents can control the amount of time their kids use the devices and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's very similar. So what do you it, think? I mean, is this, is this a, I mean, it's a worth, is it a worthwhile upgrade, even though you're not really paying more for it? Well, you know, the first, first thing I want to mention is that the fact that they've changing it from office to Microsoft 365, I think it's basically saying what a lot of people, my, my opinion is as well, is that Microsoft is trying to get away from we're the windows provider. Yeah. Windows is just the the tool. Windows is just the 
It's the foundation. They, they basically got yeah. the point now of you know, Windows is free. Yeah. Basic Microsoft Windows 10 is free. There are still ways to get it for free today. Mm-hmm. Legal ways, I mean. So yeah. they want people to be running Windows. Just use Windows. Use Windows. They've done what, what Apple did a few years ago with Mac OS where upgrades were finally free. Yes. It's the same kind mm-hmm. of thing. We want you to use Windows. You build a new computer, just put Windows on it. But then we charge you for Office and the other tools that they sell. They've, that's really kind of been their approach the last, let's say, five years or so. Yeah. Has been getting away from, we want Windows to dominate the world to, we want people using our tools. Skype, Office. Right. All the other stuff that they have. And making money off of hardware, like Surface uh, tablets yep. and that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and Surface computers, uh, which is a, a shift for them as well. Um, yeah, that's a good. That's a good uh, point. I, I I think that's you're you're probably on target with that. Yeah, I mine just renewed today, so okay. I have yet to go and see if I can actually get publisher and access on the Mac side. Yeah, because I wasn't able to do that before. Only on the Windows side of my computer could I get those two with the with the um, subscription. I I haven't looked, but I don't I don't I see my, Microsoft has not released publisher for. Mac access or publisher for Mac. It says April twenty first, so it's pro- we're probably uh, a few weeks out from that. Uh, on, or they, um, have they have they announced so that publisher is going to be available for Mac? Yeah, I think that's what they're saying. Is is the full Office suite for all four platforms? Mm. That that's a, at least according to this. It would be great for me because of working for the church and knowing that they use those two. Yeah, same here. Because I was I was just I was just looking that I have to move my Bolton back to publisher because I've got to give it to. I let someone else do it eventually. Oh, sorry. And, uh, yeah. I, sorry, I just checked. It, it, yeah, publisher and access are still Windows only. Okay, that's what yeah. I figured. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, they, that was kind of always a, a big issue is you could get Word, Excel, PowerPoint. You could get you know some of the other tools, Outlook uh, for Mac, but publisher was not available. And that was, that was part of the reason why I moved off of publisher to uh, Scribus, which is a open source desktop tool which is right. clunky it works <laughs> but it's clunky yeah um but if if i'm gonna be turning the bulletin over to someone else i want them to use publisher so i was hoping that was true because then i could use i wouldn't have to use my remote desktop or anything like that to get yeah. publisher working yeah unfortunately yeah it looks like it's just it's the same it's it's the same so it's a shame because you know yeah. if we if i don't i don't use uh powerpoint <laughs> uh because keynote is mm. way better yeah. Uh, but publisher still is something that, at least in my work, is used heavily. I was using InDesign yep. as well in my last position, but this one wouldn't know, they wouldn't know what to do with InDesign. So <laughs> I was like, okay, fine, I'll go back to publisher. But then I always have to go on my Windows side. Right. You know, yep. to yeah. use it. So when I saw that, I went, oh, you mean really, finally? Uh, not so much. But Microsoft 365, um, we had it in the archdiocese when I was there, and, and, and my whole collaborative was connected to it. So I'm somewhat familiar with all of these other things they're putting in. It's basically, mm-hmm. I guess, maybe they just want to say, we have one product that can be used everywhere. And, and I think instead of having one for home, one for business, now you can use well, it everywhere. No, they're still differentiating. There's still a yeah. home, a personal, yeah. and business versions, but it's it, it it's sort of all in what they've included and what they haven't included. I mean, yeah, the and, big, and we should be we should be yeah. clear is that Office 365 has been available for personal use, for home use, for quite a while. Oh yeah, it's for a long time. The big the yeah. big part is more I would argue is the name to, to Microsoft 365 versus Office. I think that's really and, and the maybe, big thing. Yeah. And maybe with this focus now, especially since they are trying to kind of distance themselves from being the Windows producer that creates Office instead of being the Office provider that runs on Windows, that maybe they will bring out a publisher access version sometime in the next couple mm-hmm. of years for Mac. Maybe right. they'll decide, okay, we, we're supporting Mac, so we're going to support Mac too because we make our money off of Office. Really? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I expect that. Over time, like you said, Father Corey, we'll see more things coming. Like on April twenty first, there's not a whole lot that's going to be new, so it's no. it's a new name basically, and we'll just see more things coming over time uh, that will be included. and And I think that's that's really what we should be take away from it. You know, like they said, the the Teams product for families for Teams for consumers, they say, but Teams for families really is what it is about. That's going to be later this year, part of the pro- of the suite. And the uh, 
family safety. One of the things I like, I, I think is interesting about family safety is, so it's not a Mac product. It's a Windows, Android, and Xbox product, which is very interesting. Uh-huh. So parents can control the amount of time or <laughs> that their kids or a wife can control the amount of time her husband is yep. on the Xbox. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> well, some of, us guys, yeah, some of us guys, I think my wife would like to control the amount of time I spent uh, in certain apps uh, playing uh, World of Tanks or something with the kids. But uh, but uh, yeah, no, but seriously, I think it's a it's a really interesting idea that they're giving this uh, this ability for parents and kids to and to have conversations and to, to, to talk about it. Like we, we use screen time. Um, and very often I'll have one of the children come to me, can I have more time so I can continue listening to my audiobook? Sure. How long have you been using it? Um, what, how, how much more time? I'll, I'll give you another half hour, then you need to do something else. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, it's about conversations. Mm-hmm. It's about being aware. And, and that's just another tool to allow parents to do that. And I think it's a, it's a, great, uh, a great tool that they're giving. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, there is another bit of the uh, coronavirus related tech news, and this is a, a story about how uh, governments are using cell phone location data to manage the coronavirus. So uh, according to The Verge and some other articles I read in some other places, uh, governments around the world are increasingly using uh, location data to manage w- whether people are staying isolated uh, what, who you've been in contact with, if it turns out you yep. are symptomatic, if you've got the, the, the disease. Um, I saw one, which was someone did a simulation based on available data. All like that showed all of these cell phones were on a, this one beach in Florida during spring break. And this yep. is where all those cell phones are now. And it's basically like all over the world. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Which it, it, there's two things to take away from that. One, it, the, 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 the amount of people that you can infect is a lot more than you think. But mm-hmm. two, your phone gives away a lot more information about you than you think it does. Well, let's, I mean, let, let's start with just a basic. The second your mm-hmm. phone attack attaches to a cell tower, they know within about a 10 mile radius where you are. Yeah. That triangulates mm-hmm. off. Where I mean, you well, are. just, yeah. just the basic of this tower receives people from this area. Right. You're I in mean, this area. Just, mm-hmm. this, this, yeah. this has nothing to do with your phone. This is just the fact of, they know where these cell towers are, and they know exactly which tower your phone is on. I mean, so that's just that's just a, it's not even triangulation. It's just a fact of you're within the radius of this tower. Right. Now, if you're connected and to more than one or two towers, then, then they can get you much more exact. And yes. that's without having GPS on your phone. That's with a basic flip phone. That's just radio you know, waves. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah. that's just general you know radio triangulation. And then you add the layer of all these phones are basically GPS locators. Now, most most countries, including the the EU's, you know, their their new privacy laws, they they're supposed to lock down this data. It, it restricts how they can use it. They have to anonymize it. But it doesn't mean that during national emergencies or international emergencies like this, they can't turn that off and say, okay, we need this data. Like, yep, it's just something to be aware of. There's not much you can do about it unless you don't want to use a phone, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Well, I think it's interesting because um, before we started, I was listening to our governor's daily report. And for the last couple of days, she's asked us to keep a track of, if we have gone out, who we've been in contact with. So in case anything happens, they can trace it back. But she also said in the middle of the conference that they were working on something technologically that would help them to do just that. And she'd have something to tell us in the next week. Mm. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if they're thinking of an app or something that they want us to download or, or if they're going to, I'm not quite sure, but I thought, I think what you're saying and what she's saying, I think they're going to start tracking us just to make sure, just to find out who we've been with so they can tell people, Yeah, you know, this person yeah. came up with the virus. Now all these other people need to know this. Right. And, and then later on, yeah. turn it off because we don't want you to know anything else. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the uh, that's the trick is is get, is making sure they turn it off later when when there's no need for it. It's the two edged sword. It's, it's one thing to say, well, you were at the grocery store on X date and this guy came in, you know, five minutes before you and is, has been found to be a carrier. You know, that's one thing. It's the other thing of no, really, we told you shelter in place, so why are you going out? Or there was a crime committed in this place, and your phone was found. It was seen within you know a uh, hundred meters of that place, and within 10, 10 minutes of that crime. 
you're now a suspect or, you know, yep. or other things like that. You know, it's like, it's, it's, a, I mean, that there, there I are mean, ways. You, can, that you can, can get to some very tinfoil hat territory real quick, <laughs> yeah, but with good reason. Slopes. Yeah. Well, but slippery slopes aren't a fallacy if it's actually what happens. <laughs> right. right. Kimmel's nose is on the slippery slope. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and then uh, the our last headline for today is uh, this story. Uh, Apple has we got a lot of Apple news today, but Apple has acquired the the company that makes a weather app, Dark Sky. And Dark Sky is an mm. app that was available for both uh, iOS and Android. I, I've always enjoyed it. It's but it's also under the data, uh, they also sold the access to the data to other weather apps, which have yep. been using it as well. And uh, and they've also had a very popular API or application programming interface that regular mm-hmm. folks like me could use to 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 use. Well, they they announced that Apple has acquired them. They're shutting down the Dark Sky Andrew Android and Wear OS apps in July, so yep. th- those won't work anymore. Uh, the the iOS app is going to work for the time being, and then the uh, API is going to work until the end of 2021. So about a year and you know three quarters. Boo, boo on yeah. Apple on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not happy with that. I've had Dark Sky for years. Yeah, well, I mean, again, to be fair, Dark Sky was going to continue to work for for the the for the foreseeable future. No pun intended for a weather predicting app. But mm. but the, the, it's the, they haven't said that they're going to shut down the Dark Sky iOS app. That's going to continue working. But uh, for me, I've used the API to do some really cool things on my computer. I use it to do things like um, uh, I, I use it to get information so I can set up in shortcuts on iOS. I can uh, find out when golden hour is on any particular day. Oh, golden sure. hour is, that, is a particular time at sunrise and sunset where the light is best from a photographer's point of view. So you can get like, oh, best okay. photographers. I use it to do things like get um, the temperature outside. So I have, uh, I have the hue temperature and motion sensor for my lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing you can do is say, okay, your the office is that the office I'm sitting in is such and such temperature. The exterior temperature is such and such. Uh, that means, and if it's between these areas, it tells me, Hey, it's pretty cold. You want to turn the heater on for a while? Or in the summer, it will say, Hey, it's getting warm. You want to turn the AC on for a while? That sort of thing. So it's, I'm going to lose access to that, which is annoying. Yeah. And that's not, and that's not fair. I don't understand why Apple will do that to these companies when they buy them. I know that they want to be very guard wall garden and all that kind of stuff, but well, still, I mean, this is a really good app that does a lot of really good things, and a lot of people have bought it. I mean, this wasn't a free app; we all bought it. Well, the the fact is, Apple wants. It's clear what they want is they want the dark sky data. That's all they well, want. That's all they I, care about. I think or do they what, want the people. They want I, well. There's there's oh. several. The, Apple often acquires, which is they want. Uh, they acquire a company in order to get the engineers and the brains, like the, the people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of machine learning that go is, that's in Dark Sky, which does that um, the ability to tell you like very micro forecast, like it's going to be raining where you are in 15 minutes, yep. like outside your house, and it's usually pretty good. And there's a, there's a, some AI in that, um, but uh, so they're, they're, that might be part of it. But also, they, it might be that they want to improve the built-in weather app. Oh, that's clear. <laughs> I mean, that's that's yeah. that's kind of what it, that's that, that's clearly what it is, is they, they yeah. realize, you know, they, they don't like Apple doesn't like being reliant on anybody for anything. Right. And it's right all now Apple they use all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, they, they don't grow their own food in the middle of that ring. Maybe they do in the middle. <laughs> of the ring. Actually, 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 I think they do. That. Yeah, <laughs> I think they do. You know, it's but it's that kind of thing. So they want the data. Like you said, they want the, the AI. They want the, you know, maybe even the interface. I can right. see them in a year or so saying, well, the Dark Sky app for iOS is going away, but here's the new weather app that does exactly the same thing and right. looks really, really similar. Yes. My, my boo hiss is more because this is a cross-platform app with cross-platform data that can be used anywhere by anybody. You pay for it, but right. you can use it. And now they're shutting that tap off. Yeah. And there's it, absolutely it really zero reason except Apple is being selfish Apple because they could keep they could keep you know three Android developers around you know it, it's not going to poison Apple headquarters. Right. 
Well, they uh, it's it's the API. They want to shut the API, uh, API down. And some I've seen some people say, well, what Apple what they want is when they bring these people in, they want them focused on very narrowly focused on the project and not focused on this these ancillary things like keeping the APIs running and all that other stuff. That's why sometimes when they buy these these uh, apps, they just shut them down completely. I mean, at least they're not getting rid of the the Dark Sky app completely. But I, I agree. I, I, it's it's really annoying that I can't, it can't take that many resources to keep the API open. I mean, they're keeping it open through the end of 2021. So if you're going to keep yeah. it open that long, well, they're, they're going to keep it open until they can develop whatever they want to do, which will probably end up being there'll be something like the API, but it will only work on Macs. Well, it'll be it'll be an internal API, in my guess, yeah. or or yep. you'll be able to access it maybe through shortcuts, maybe. Yeah. That would be nice, but but you're right. That only works on iOS and maybe Mac. Right. And let's let's. I mean, the thing is too. Dark Sky they do have their own weather data as well. They do yeah. have their own models and everything, and that's the kind of stuff they want. Right. They don't mm-hmm. want to have to go to weather.com for their weather well, data. Yeah, and then no, Apple is going to probably hire like some meteorologists and you know have an in-house just like they did with maps, just like they did with some other things. Like even with, uh, they hired filmmakers because they wanted their in-house people to t- talk to them about how prediction, films. prediction yep. within a year, there will be Apple weather channel on Apple TV. Ooh. Now, interesting. So Apple weatherman on screen or weather yes. person uh, on screen. Okay. Interesting. So mm. figure the weather channel, but by, by Apple. Interesting. The, think of that. Uh, they'll probably get rid of the dark sky name because that's a little too negative, but uh, they'll be like Apple Sky or something like that. Apple yeah, Sky Weather. Exactly. Something. Apple Skies yeah. on Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be something like that. <laughs> that's good. I think I'll be going to Carrot Weather next, probably. Well, Carrot Weather, <laughs> you can, it, it actually allows you to use different sources. And one of the sources is Dark Sky, but they also have access to other sources, which is good. Uh, and there are other weather data sources out there and uh, so that those will still exist which is which is good uh we do have a bit of listener feedback this week and i want to read this email it's from nate vanderclock uh who uh, was uh, it was in reference to our uh zoom discussion last week and how just regular folks can get together on zoom and ha- have some social interaction that way uh nate says my wife daughter and i have been involved in a weekly D campaign for about a year now and as we live about 40 miles from the other participants we connect with them using google hangouts and an rpg web service called roll 20 it works pretty well and roll 20 lets the dungeon master share maps and use token images to map out combat pretty cool I, it, yeah that's pretty cool i like the idea of uh you know being able to maintain these uh relationships and these games you know, well, it's, I've I've actually been doing that for a couple of years now with some priest friends who are down in Florida, oh, and okay. uh, that's been that's been a great thing to be able to do uh, is be able to play play uh, remotely like that. So. Oh, cool! Yeah, in fact, the other day on uh, Let's Talk Live, I was doing with Lindsay Sant from he's from Australia. Oh, yes. was telling me about uh, that the, he uses a. Um, uh, an app they do like they do a, a board games like tabletop board games or tabletop games. Uh, he does like X wing miniatures. And mm-hmm. the folks he does it with, it's um, I think it's called Tabletop Miniatures. I'll have to have to I'm, I'll have to look. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but uh, there's a of an app in Steam for if you have if you have a the Steam game oh, yeah. system uh, that uh, allows you to do that also, where it allows you to roll dice and you know set up cards or however whatever the the mechanics of the game are. Right. So pretty cool. Thanks, Nate. That's a that's a great information. All right, let's move to our picks of the week. Uh, Joanne, I'll let you go first. Well, I was going to pick Zoom, but I think we've <laughs> Zoomed, uh, you know, we were on Zoom overload <laughs> right now, so everybody sure. knows where to find it. Um, but the other thing that's been happening in my realm is a lot of churches, since we are kind of, the church building is closed, um, have had to resort to live streaming. And believe me, mm. Um, thank you, Father Corey, for using the landscape, you know, position on your phone. <laughs> well, actually, I'm I'm using my MacBook Pro because of a YouTube idiocy that they added about a year or so ago, where you have to have a thousand subscribers to use phone. Oh, use your streaming phone, with phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I've seen so many of them in portrait mode that 
I, I mean, I give oh. the guys credit, but man, turn the phone. Anyway, <laughs> yep. but I've been looking for software because we all now have to do um, next week, we have to do Holy Week. And so we're all trying to figure out how to do that with the, you know, the limits of people that can be in a room. And a friend of mine had talked to me about Steam Labs OBS, which allows you to do, um, it allows you to put other things on your screen rather than just the picture. The thing I was looking for was the actual words and sometimes music for the things, for the parts of the mass and the ritual that we have. But just yesterday, they came out with it for Mac. The oh. beta is out. Now, I know betas are a little icky, but I'm, I've downloaded the beta. I've started to play with it. It's easier than the other um, free. Ver There's another free one out called OBS. Mm -hmm. um, right. and, but this one, this one is, uh, looks a little bit easier to manipulate. So it's kind of a, here's a pick, and I'll get back to you with whether or not it really worked next week. <laughs> and I, think, I think a lot of people are going to be looking for that right now, especially in the church world. Because they, they want to be able to bring the Mass to people in their houses during this time, especially during Holy Week. It's so important that we connect with our, our parishioners and our, and our church family. So that's my suggestion. Streamlabs OBS for Windows or Mac. You can now have a choice. So Very OBS good. is an open broadcast system, and it's an open yep. source and free software that's been out for a while. And it looks like Streamlabs OBS is a fork of that, like a, like a version mm -hmm. of that that's a little more polished and, uh, and and made it a little easier to use for most people. So it looks really nice. Um, mm -hmm. And it's free to use. Yes. They have free a is good. Yes. <laughs> they, yeah. they have a Prime uh, uh, product, which is for professional content creators, they say. So it's got a lot, some extras, and it lets you set up an app store and, you know, yeah. custom but website this and stuff one, like that. But this one will let you do like a chat which yep. I don't know if people want to chat during mass. Probably not. But <laughs> I think it was it's mostly for the graphic feature where you're able to overlay, yeah. you know, what's going on. And I think that's important for folks. Over Overlay, be able to have like a please wait, you know, screen. Like when you start the stream before mm -hmm. mass starts, you don't have to show right. an empty sanctuary. You can just have a right. please, you know, mass will start in minutes or whatever. And you can put up the congregation. I know a friend of mine, when he showed it to me, he did both the first and second readings and the gospel and the creed mm. and the responsorial psalm. He had all that up there. Mm -hmm. I'm curious whether it allows you to stream to two different, uh, like Facebook and YouTube at the same time. Right. Um, it's, I'll it's, find out. He's YouTube. Yeah. He's okay. definitely on YouTube. And, and we have a YouTube page as well as a Facebook one. Yeah, I think it's either either or. I don't think it's um, simultaneously. Yeah, the right. software that we use at SQPN is uh, called Ecam, which is Mac software, Ecam Live, and it it allows you to stream to a third party. I, I think it's called Restream. It might be. Mm. There's a couple that do it, and they can stream to multiple at a time. But it's there are some limitations, which so mm. that's why I haven't done it yet. But uh, uh, it's interesting. That's this and. That that you can't cost money. This is free, so this is a, a yeah. nice nice solution. And I, I want to throw a pitch in. By the way, talking about YouTube, I, it's for priests. Try using YouTube Live if you can, because Facebook, the way it likes to hide things off the timeline, people right. might not be seeing your live streams. Yeah, right. Exactly. I've had events. I've had events where people two three days later they go, oh, now you know, like I'll create a, an event in Facebook with the link to the YouTube live stream. And two or three days later, people will see my mass. Like, you know, it's Tuesday yeah. and I'm seeing the one from last Saturday. This yeah. makes no sense. It's really annoying. It's really yeah. annoying. Yeah. Uh, we run into the same thing. Father Corey, how about you? What, uh, what do you have for a pick this week? So one thing with this whole shutdown of everything in the world is people who want to work out, they're not able to get to their gyms because their gyms might be shut down. And so Peloton, you know, of course, everybody knows Peloton for the bikes with the big, you know, tablet TV screen in front of them. And the everything. suburban mom shaming bikes. Yes. What's that? <laughs> the, the bikes that shame suburban moms into losing weight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, a lot of it, a lot of what you get on those bikes is, of course, you get your tracking of your heart rate and your pace and all that stuff. But the videos, a lot of them aren't live. They're pre-recorded that you can go and watch and do exercises later. Mm -hmm. And so they've also brought out an app that you can use any equipment or no equipment at all. Like you could do a jog in place or, you know, they're, they're stretching and there's stuff like that. All kinds of different exercises. Well, you can get the app for free for 90 days. 
Mm. With you know, with all the gym shutting down, they've extended the free time trial for their app for 90 days for three months. And so you can get the app if you have an exercise bike, you have a treadmill at home, a you know, stair stepper, uh, you know, all those kind of things. Or if you're like me and you like to go work out outside when it's not snowing and blizzardy and cold like it is today here, <laughs> they do have things where you could put it, you know, basically use it like a podcast where you're, you're listening to it as you're running, you're walking, whatever. Mm. So this is a good way to do it. And the nice thing is, you know, again, if you've heard me on this, on this show, like I said today, I'm Mr. Cross Platform. I like being able to get it on whatever you want. They have it on iPhone, iPad, Android phone, Android tablet, Amazon Fire TV, Amazon Fire tablet, and of course the web. And you can take your iPhone or your Android phone and you can Chromecast it or Apple play it, AirPlay it to your big screen as you're sitting in your living room working out. So basically you can use it on everything. And it's actually a really good work. I mean, it. There's a reason why these devices have really taken off. They are very good workouts. They, you will work up a sweat, even on the beginner level. Good. So, yeah, it, it's, it's excellent stuff. And for, you know, 90 days. And if you do it right, if you reg- here's a hint. If you register through the app, not through the website, you can skip the entering your credit card information. Oh, so that you don't have to worry about the auto charge at the end of the 90 days. Exactly. Oh, nice. That's great. I, I'd heard that this was available, but I thought it was like, well, what's good is it without a bike? But apparently you don't need a, their oh, equipment. No, I, I actually was going to bring up the app here. I'll bring it up right now because yeah. there, there are a ton of exercises available. It's just incredible the amount of stuff that you can do them. Uh, looking here, I see running, outdoor, strength, cycling, yoga, meditation, stretching, boot camp, walking, cardio. A lot of these things are things you can do sitting in your living room, you know, the stretch stuff, you know, strength and stretching and walking and stuff like that you could do in your room in your yeah. house yeah cool I like yeah i that. just i just downloaded it thank you <laughs> you're welcome yeah it's just it, the nice. reason why i found it is because as soon as my the gym closed that i had signed up for it because you know it was still the roads were still kind of nasty it's like okay so what am i going to do how am i going to keep you know some exercise going until i can get outside well this is it and exercise is a good de-stressor folks like if you've been feeling yes it up, is it's extremely so Yep, that in prayer. So a little of both. Yep. My uh, my pick this week is uh, it's related to something I picked a, a long time ago in episode sixteen. But I'm picking is something related to it called the st- the tile sticker. So I've picked the tile uh, devices before. Tile is a tracking device. You connect it to uh, you know your keys. You put it in your wallet. You you know whatever. And you, when you can't find it, you open the app on your phone and you say find my thing and and it'll beep and. Uh, if it's nearby, if it's not nearby, it uses the tile community of users. Like, so your phone is constantly noticing tile devices around and letting them know that, hey, there was a tile device here. This is the this is what it was. So if you drop your keys at the mall, you know, and someone with a tile app on their phone walks by it, it'll let them know, hey, this tile device was here, which is great. But the tile devices have generally been either uh, stuff that fit on a keychain, so they have a loop. Or they're very thin and they slide into like a pocket or something. Uh, Well, the tile sticker is a small round, I'd say maybe the size of a nickel, rubberized, uh, waterproof little tracker with a very strong adhesive in it. It sticks to virtually anything. And it has a 150-foot range and a built-in three-year battery. And so uh, what what I've done is our kids, several of our kids have Kindles now. And... I am constantly having a child come up to me and say, Daddy, where's my Kindle? Daddy, can you find my Kindle? And I'll just open up the app on my phone, hit the button, and it will ring somewhere in the house, and it's now their job to go find it. Uh, it's like a game now. but uh, And it's perfect for that. So it's it's the uh, tile sticker. You can get a pack of them you, you know, for... Uh, it. It's not cheap, but like uh, for... I think like this on their website, a two pack is like forty bucks, but it's cheaper on Amazon. So if you if you go to Amazon, you can find it for less. But uh, the, it's it's really useful. I've got I've got a tile in my wallet now. I've got tile connected to all of our keys. I've got um, tile in my Kindle because I'm always listening. To it. You know, so uh, it's really great. So the uh, the 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 tile sticker nice. is my pick this week. 
just just hope you don't go looking for your wallet. What do you mean it's in Las Vegas? I haven't been to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would make me feel bad. <laughs> so uh, if anyone who takes my wallet to Las Vegas is not going to be happy. Uh, they're not going to get. Yeah, very there's not much there. <laughs> there's not much in it. Uh, all right, so let's wrap things up. I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Harry R, Layla L. Hans G, Anthony M, and David G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. Uh, if you have any comments or feedback you'd like to give us, we'd love to hear from you. You can comment on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or at the uh, SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or you can send an email to technology at sqpn.com, and I'll put links to all the headlines and to our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. If you can, I would really appreciate it. This would really mean a lot to us. If you could write a review of the podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from, whatever directory, uh, it really helps us a lot. It's not just for ego. It actually makes a difference in how... Uh, the show gets recommended to other people. So we really appreciate that. And if you can just share the show with your friends, help them uh, to become listeners and to grow our community, that would be really great. Until next time, Joanne Mercier, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Dom. Stay home, everybody. And Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. Quest.